You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM. You are hosted today by uh, Ahmad Mahmood and Ahmed Sheikh. Uh, we will be with you from now right up until iftar. We're joined um, by uh, Sheikh Razwan, who uh, always takes out his time uh, to, to uh, support Radio Ramadan, um, particularly the reflection show. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Uh, joining us again today. Uh, we were just talking about um, blessings and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us so many blessings but we're oblivious to them. Uh, Shaykh, mm. what, what are the, the hidden blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that, that we don't realize? Um, it's an interesting topic. I think we talked about something some of this um, yesterday, blessings, but I think you're probably. Um, talking about hidden blessings that you have that um, perhaps um, people you don't really pick up on. Yeah. Um, and the issue here is more about um, different people have different aptitudes to be able to see things. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It's a very interesting um, verse in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually pinpointing this quality of people that they can't um, see because of, of, of their incapacity to see, not because they don't have sight, but it's because they're, they're unable to pick up on things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed it's not the eyes um, that are blind, but it's the globality it's the, it's the, it's the hearts which are within the, the chest. And, and that indicates that different people and miss different things so it actually goes back to something else which is what's hidden and what's not hidden it depends on the person so some people even the most apparent clear blessing is completely hidden from them and they could go into a complete um, you know pit of depression because of the fact they see nothing in fact is, is going right in their life that they probably think that everywhere they look all they see is, is negativity all they see is is is, is, is is the problems that they have, and there's also the fact that there's so much of them that is that is that is worthy of being a, a reason to praise Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and to thank Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But they constantly have this idea that they're missing out on Allah's grace and Allah's mercy, and almost as if you lose complete any inkling of hope. So therefore, you have no idea of blessing at all. You have no. And you just plod along thinking that you're, you're one of these people that has been bereft of God's, um, you know, compassion. And, and the reality is that different people have different states in that, in that sense. And, and the thing that gets you to um, think in, in a proper way, it's the month of, of the dhikra, the Qur'an. One of the names of the Qur'an is the dhikra, which is the reminder. Um, the reminder is there for another word that's related to it, which is dhikr. Zikr means to remember and to to uh, make mention of something, and here it specifically it relates to making mention of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and not just the name, not just you know saying La ilaha illallah or or saying La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, all the litanies that we know and the du'as and the zikr that we know, but actually it's to reflect on what those mean, and if you're able to to reflect on what they mean, then you can start to unpack and dig out the hidden blessings that you have um, I mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he let us that God has 
um, the most perfect and, and, the, and the most beautiful of all names, we usually in our lives don't actually um, pick up on, on what those are. We don't usually pick up on, on reflect on what the, those mean. And because of that, I think what happens is that we end up neglecting blessings that are all around us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khaliq, that just to, just to our, our creation itself is a hidden blessing, that we sometimes take for granted, that we that we brought into existence from non-existence, and we could have not been, you, you know, as a presenter, you're there sitting in front of the mic, but you could easily have not been in existence at all. Mm. That is a, a blessing that is so obvious, which is this existence, that we kind of just neglect it, and we thank Allah for your existence to be able to perceive and to live through um, what you're living through. Um, you know, that's an opportunity, and, and the people that are listening, each, each person is in a, di- in a different situation, some more easier than others, but the reality is that you touch that issue of existence is such an important thing, that you have to focus on that. And then you have the idea of, of what comes to day and day, which is God's um, compassion, God's mercy, God's um, risk that we talked about yesterday, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, constantly, you know, manifest different types of names, different qualities. And each of those is a, is a, is a blessing, but we miss it. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-jabbar. You know, the jabbar is the one that makes things better. The one that, um, you know, um, you know, jabbar in Arabic means to, to, to break something um, through power, but also means the complete opposite. It's actually to restore something that's broken. Um, and that's why, you know, that kind of quality of Allah being the jabbar, that comes in our life day in, day out, but we usually forget about it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-musawwir, al-khaliq, al-bari, is the one that, that shapes things, the one that um, allows things to slowly be created like a, like a fetus. Even that is a hidden blessing, because a lot of people just think that, you know, the process through which things happen is just a natural process, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kullu yawman huwa fi sha'an, every single moment the Quran says that God is in a, in a new creation doing something different and, and that is really we need to we need to be more aware of Allah be more aware of his, his remembrance his names his qualities and once we're aware of those that's when you start to pick up on the blessings that in, in, in reality Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if you were to enumerate the blessings of Allah you would not be able to do it and that is reality. You'll not be able to pick up every single blessing, but the reality is the most obvious blessings that we have straight in front of us. We should start to, you know, interact with them. And then the hidden blessings that, you know, perhaps are, are things that we take for granted, I would, I would think, like air and, and water and safety. And safety is probably one of the most important. And distant ones, until you, until you miss it, you don't really realize what it is. And I think that over the last, in, in Britain specifically over the last kind of um, couple of weeks, that's been quite uh, at the forefront of our minds. But also in the city, in the countries that were that were peaceful, you know, I think of Syria um, pre-19, is to pre-2012, uh, which was basically, you know, for all intended purposes, peaceful. It was suffering from slight drought, but basically there was a degree of tranquility there, and all of a sudden that tranquility it takes. It has been taken over by instability, and that blessing of stability, just being able to get up. And the Prophet, one of the things he said that, and um, that if a person has enough food for his day, and has safety in his in his persons in his life, 
And it's, it's as if, if that happens, it's as if the whole world has been brought in front of their, their eyes. In other words, every, every blessing is there. But that kind of thing of eating and just safety, we don't, we don't take for granted. We think, you know, we, we actually do take for granted. We think that this, it's not a big thing. But when it's taken away, you know, we kind of, we think this is so important with the basis upon which our life exists. It's probably the most important thing. Again, the Taimiya, he said that, you know, to establish justice is the most important uh, reason why the Sharia came down. Just to establish justice and security and peace. You know, when we, that kind of blessing is, is so um, critical to every single thing that we do. You know, just to be able to pray and fast. You can't pray. You go to Libya now and, and you find people praying in, 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 in mosques that have been completely decimated and destroyed. If you go to Gaza as well, you go to Iraq and, and Syria. The basic function of just praying in a mosque is now um, seen as a luxury because of the fact that, you know, this, this safety underpins all the other things that we do like giving you know giving iftar to your friends as well like that simple thing of being able to sit and and cook for people and to have them invited over and to sit without any fear of of, of anything happening to you or your family those are big big um you know these are big blessings but they're hidden because they we just take for granted and the reality is that it's only when you lose something that that, that is actually very important to you that you actually, um, you know, actually you miss it. Um, you know, that's, you know, one of, the, one of the issues that comes to mind in terms of blessings is, is the people around us and people we take, family members we take for granted. You don't realize what they mean until they pass away. Um, and that's why Imam Ar-Razi, he actually wrote a poem before he passed away and it seems as if it was about himself. He said, he says, as long as a human being is alive, he's belittled and he's not really taken as, as being anything. He's not really honoured in the way they should be honoured. But he said that when the person passed away, you know, all hell breaks loose because people actually realise what's happened. You know, this person was a hidden blessing, you know, she was important and she kept the family together, he kept the family together. And, you know, the reality is that when they passed away, that hidden blessing, which underpinned so many other things that we take for granted, you know, it just disappeared. And, and that's really why I think in these days that we live in, you have to perhaps focus on those things. What are the big things? Instead of really the Muslim community, I think, I mean, it's not a criticism of the Muslim community, but it probably is a criticism of the Muslim community. <laughs> There's things that are, are, are secondary and they put so much emphasis on them and they allow them to jeopardize your basic existence, your stability and your ability to, you know, to prosper in a, in a, in a, in a, in a situation. And, and I think one of the things that in Ramadan you, you should start to think about is prioritizing. Because one of the things God has given us is a month in which to fast, uh, security within which to practice that. But also God has placed us with an, an intellect, a, a mind, which nowadays I feel that Muslims are, are, are deciding that they have no need for. They have no need for analysis. Um, debate, discussion, um, and everything is just based upon you know kind of hiding, and the blessing of thought. <laughs> and one of the things that comes to mind is actually the ability to think and to and to reason and to and to make your point is such a blessing that we kind of we're starting to kind of force people down with 
you know, the force of argument through, you know, through through might, through, you know, through slander. I was reading something, where somebody posted something up recently and then there was all these responses to the person, all slander, all, um, you know, swear words in the month of Ramadan. I was thinking, you know, the, the, the community has to have ability to think and to, to discuss. And this is, it's times like that you think, well, Muslims shouldn't have access to social media, so shouldn't have access to be able to project their voices because sometimes what they are saying is actually not worth, worthy of um, being acknowledged at all. So I think the blessing of even, you know, being able to speak your mind, you know, sometimes it seems to be a hidden blessing. SubhanAllah, Sheikh, there's, there's so many blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And uh, more often than not, we're not uh, appreciative, of them, appreciative of them and we don't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough. Are there any signs that we should look out for as uh, as listeners and as um, the, the Ummah as a whole and the community as a whole? Is there any signs that we should look for in ourselves that show us that we're not actually appreciating the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us? Is there any signs? I mean, this, this uh, again, it goes back to this issue of different people have different signs. I mean, you first of all, your recognition of, of, a, of a, a blessing is different if you are aware of Allah and, and, and what, how He interacts with you. Your ability to pick out blessings is there. But I think at the core of the, the signs is just the, the core sign, which is actually just um, what, what they call ghafla, which is just um, being unaware of, of God's um, um, importance in your life and just being oblivious of that, which is. At the core of everything, it's actually the, the, the thing that, you know, means that you are, you, you're kind of blinded. So instead of being able to see, you're, you're unsighted, you're actually blind. And that ghafla is actually the thing, the ghafla, is, which is called heedlessness in Arabic, in English, or um, a lack of focus, a lack of attention. It means that if you have a blessing right in front of you, you, you probably think that it's not really a blessing at all. You'll probably think... Um, it's nothing of any importance. And this is why, you know, Ibn Atayla al-Eskandri, one of our you know, greatest minds and, and greatest hearts as well, great scholar of Iskandriya, um, he actually he actually he said that, um, he says that a person who's heedless of the blessings of God, um, he looks to see what he can do. So probably the most important sign, if you're asking what's the, what kind of signs you look out for, is this what he mentions, which is to look and, and see uh, when you get up and, and you're trying to do something, you look to do what you can do. And that might seem to everybody to be pretty obvious that when you, when you wake up or you get up in the morning and you, and you kind of plan your day, you look to see what you can do. But he's actually saying that it means that everything you do, you're actually planning it and you are um, moving ahead based upon the fact that you think you have the power and ability to do everything and, and really God is nowhere in the picture. So you wake up and you think, okay, I'm going to, I've got, I've got a job, to, I've got a job to do, I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do this, and I've got a whole list of things that you're going to do. And nowhere within that are you fitting in what God wants from you. In other words, you, yes, you have a job. Uh, okay, how does God want you to do the job? How does God want you to perfect the job or to, to execute the job and, and to interact with your work colleagues and that is what you need to put in and that is part of the blessings that you have which is you have a job 
hope you part of the blessing is to actually magnify it and to give it honour, which is that you're, you, you could have had no job. So in that state, okay, make it the best thing you can do. You've got work colleagues. What's the best way you can you can be with them? Um, especially in, in the days that we live in, you have to kind of think of that. But he then says, or, or something around those lines, which basically means that uh, when a person who is intelligent, which is a person basically who, who's aware and awake to the blessings, the hidden blessings you're talking about, what he does is he looks to see what God will do with him. That's a completely different thing. The same person is doing the same things, but their intention and their their focus and their perception of things in front of them, completely different. One person is going ahead and thinking, what can I do? And they're not looking at the blessings that God has. They're unaware of them. The other person is thinking, what, what does God want me to do? And at every moment, every, to- every turn, they look and they see something that indicates that God has blessed them so much um, that they're, 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 they're neglectful of or, or they are, um, you know, they take for granted. And, and that is, you know, something that, you know, every single person can think about because all it takes is a change in the way you think, the way that you live your life, that you're either negligent of God's blessings or you're unaware of God's blessings or you're actually a person who is um, actually completely aware of God's blessings. And, and the way that that kind of manifests itself is because a person who is a heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if things go wrong, the, the reaction to that is, 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 is quite um, interesting because what happens is if, if something goes wrong and you don't get what you want, they start to get ill-tempered, they get angry, and they lose hope and, you know, all these things, and they get bad-mannered. All these things indicate that you are unaware that all these blessings are passing by in front of you, and all you care, you all you care about is your own ability to do to do things. So, you know, this idea of the signs, the biggest sign is that the person relies on themselves, that they don't even take into account that there's blessings around them. And, and that is, you know, something that, you know, you have to really focus on to appreciate, because it's a very fine sign, because it basically means that you have to be constantly, you have to have your finger on the pulse and think about, mm. okay, am I am I actually picking up on the blessings that I have in front of me, or are you, are you just taking them for granted? Today we were talking about um, blessings and our understanding of the blessings that we have, and we were talking to Sheikh Levan about understanding um, our blessings and, and the signs of whether we are grateful for these blessings or not. Um, Salam alaikum, Sheikh. Are you there still with us? Salam alaikum, Salam. Sheikh, well, I wanted to ask an ayah of the Quran that we we often hear recited. Um, you know, regarding Allah not changing the 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 situation of a people until they they change what's within themselves. And and quite often we hear this in a, a sort of negative to a positive sense. So you know, we're in a bad situation, but we have to start doing what we can, and then Allah will help us along with that. But can one understand that in in the opposite sense as well? That 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 do we you know, could we see that the Ummah was in, in, in a better place and then something happens um, and, and certain blessings were were taken away um, and can we understand that in, in the, the, the modern sense and, and in our current situation where, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time for many parts of the Ummah for, for different reasons in different parts of the world and is this, has this happened because of a because of an oblivious, obliviousness and an ungratefulness for our blessings? Yeah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. 
Sheikh, no, obviously our, our blessings we we enjoy every day, um, and in today's day and age, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us with so much that we can't even count. And you know, living in the West, especially, we have so many blessings um, that you know, material blessings as such. Where does zuhud come in? Um, in today's day and age, um, how do we understand that? How does that um, fit in with um, our blessings and being grateful and um, and you know really being thankful for what we have, but um, at the same time not getting too engrossed in the dunya? I think I think zuhud is. I mean, blessings is. There's no kind of there's no kind of mutual incompatibility between zuhud and. Acknowledging blessings. Blessings means that when they come, you acknowledge them and you give them the honour that they deserve. And that that just means that you, the natural world that we have around us, we should take for granted. Like the first five of them, um, it's related by I think it's um, in Majma' al-Zawaid in Haytami in his book on Hadith. He mentions the Hadith of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The the first um, fruits of spring were brought to the Prophet Ali Wasallam. In Medina Nawara, so basically the first fruits, the first produce that was brought, it was brought to the Prophet and he, when he received it, he would look to his companions and he would then distribute it. But he wouldn't distribute it to the people that we think he would distribute it to, which is the elder companions, the, the most senior, the, the ones that are, have the best standing. He, the Prophet actually, what he did was he he gave it to the young children of the city, and he said, Allah, 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 in the same way that you've shown us the blessings of the beginning of it, shows the blessings of the end of it. The meaning that the Prophet ﷺ, the zuhud issue didn't come in. It just meant that you, whatever you have, you share, and you don't, you don't. That discussion is not for blessings. But where zuhud comes in is that you, 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 you actually swim in the blessings. You, t- you partake in the blessings in the most complete way, but you're not, um, you're not attached by you know to them and you don't worry if they dis- if they disappear if all of a sudden you know Allah puts you into a state of poverty after you're in a state of of um, you know prosperity that doesn't vex you it, 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 too much because what you um, are, are looking at is actually the fact that Allah Allah is the one that gave the blessing and Allah is the one that's taken away the blessing that's fine but the point is, when it's there, you thank, and when it disappears, you ask Allah to return it. And zuhud is basically making sure that when the blessings come, you don't become distracted by the blessings to the point that you forget who the one who the who 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 the one who actually gave you the blessings, and munim, which is Allah, the ni'mah, the blessing, um, is 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 uh, is well known. But munim is the one that gives it, and usually people. You know, when you, you, you see food, you, you just see the food, and you're fasting, you just see the food, and you eat it. But then you don't see the person that's preparing it, you don't see the one that created it. And all these steps, you don't say, Alhamdulillah, wa shukrulillah, praise to God, and, and thanks to God for this. You just dive into the food, and then that's it. That's the kind of, the level of your mind. And Zohad is basically to take a step back and start to think about where these things came from, and, and to cut away... Um, the blessings overtaking your 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 life and and basically and um, the you know just kind of controlling who you are to the point that you just have the the, the good of this world which is love of the world and the, and the blessing it part part of it actually it just disappears 
Now, if we have these blessings, um, and you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given it to them, we want to be grateful. We all, the reality of it is, that we all want to be grateful for it. Um, whether we're deficient in that or not is is a different question. But for now, we want to be grateful, and especially in this month of Ramadan, uh, we've been fasting all day, and, and we're feeling the appreciation for the for the food that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us with. Um, throughout Ramadan and, and beyond, what's the best way to show that gratitude for those blessings and not be oblivious to them? Um, I think the first thing is is to make a, a verbal uh, acknowledgement of that, which is Alhamdulillah wa shukrulillah, just the basic etiquette that we should teach our children that we were brought up with, which is to basically recognize and to give a verbal acknowledgement of of that, which is just to say to Allah, thank you for the blessings that we have in front of us. But I think part of it is also to recognize that if a blessing is given to you, then you should ensure, in our society, you should ensure that it continues in terms of replacing it. So if, if you know somebody does a good, a good turn for you, you should try and do a good turn for yourself, because those kind of things are, are a type of blessing, and, and you should try and kind of inculcate within yourself a natural propensity to actually respond to a blessing by physically responding to the to the, the person that's actually done it for you, because obviously all blessings come to you um, through a means. I mean, they don't just fall from the sky. You don't kind of get your iftar, you know, in a package from a drone, um, which comes from the seventh heaven. You actually get people that, in some way, at a certain points in in the actual process, they actually um, have a hand in doing it. So just to give thanks to the people that are involved. In the, th- in the blessings that you get is actually very important and that's indicated by the hadith of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that a person does not, that does not um, thank people or thank human beings thank the creation basically um, can, cannot and, and does not thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala because our you know our neglect of these things is such that we, we find it easier to thank God because God is not immediately perceptible to us and, and, and distant. He is distant from us in the, in the sense of Allah is beyond time and beyond space. But that means that we almost shy away and neglect the, the thanks to the people and the things in front of us that lead us to God's blessings. And that's what Prophet said, whoever does not give thanks to the creation um, is incapable of giving thanks to um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever does not give thanks for a little he says whoever does not give thanks for a little small amount of blessing he prophesied said that would be unable to give it when it's great and think of that because you, you when you get a big blessing that's when you really fall to your knees and all that's when all the Muslims start doing sajda shukar you know they, they kind of talk about oh can we can we do a sajda now to thank God because um, I'm about to get married, or I got this job, or you know, big, big things, or you know, SMP get independence or something. <laughs> no, but the, the other thing is small things. It's like the fact that you're 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 able to to see, or just you're able to walk in a straight line, and things like that are just simple, simple blessings. Or the weather's nice, you know, that kind of thing. We should habituate ourselves to to thanking for the small things. But you know, once you start to habituate habituate yourself for the small things. The big things take care of themselves. Like you take care of the pennies, the, the pens take care of themselves, 
that's the same thing that we should start to do. So variably start to, um, you know, program your mind to have a habit. Even the children, when you, when they start to eat, even if, before they know what it means, you tell them to say Bismillah. That is just to habituate the, the tongue to say that and the body to go through is something that you have to say. At a certain point, the tongue will then dictate to the heart and at a certain point, then the heart will dictate to the mind, and then what will happen is that it will it will happen it will happen immediately, without any thought, and without any kind of interaction with anything. It will just happen because you're a person who is given uh, almost to the point that you're you're kind of habituated to giving thanks to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and that's something you learn. I mean, a lot of people say, "Well, I'm not kind of born like that," and different people, you know, some people are born like that, and I'm not born like that. Reality is that these things come through difficulty, and 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 practice and day in day out. Like the the fast is is something you do day in day out. The prayer it comes through practice and doing it over over a number of days if you're starting to pray. It's the same with um, these things. The Prophet said, "In the ilmu ta'allam that knowledge just comes through start study, and you'll notice that it's not something you just take take on for, for a weekend course or you know you you sit in a mosque for a couple of hours." It actually comes through a constant process of over years, constant contact with study. And the Prophet also said, that the, the quality of clemency and, and compassion only comes through forcing yourself to do that day in, day out. It doesn't just all of a sudden you, 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 you make a dua to God and say, Allah, make me a person who's compassionate because I'm too hard hearted or something. It doesn't happen that you just, oh, next day you turn into something you know, out of you know some kind of sci-fi movie, you you have to work you to work at it. And the same, guess what? It's the same thing with blessings. You, if you want to start to recognize blessings and to to give the due to these blessings, you have to actually um, you have to put a plan plan of action in place where you you hold your yourself to task, your nafs, which is what what you were talking about the verse, which is about God will not change a people until they change what is in themselves. You have to hold your, your your what's in yourself to account, uh, and there, inshallah, the, the whole idea is the du'a is that as we you know start to work on that, we find that you know our our bodies are are, are, are habituated to that, but then also our tongues are habituated to that, and our hearts are habituated to that, and it becomes second nature in the same way that when you wake up. You have a, 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 a regime that you do in the morning. You have a specific way that you get up and what you have for breakfast. It becomes second nature. Even like driving, when you're driving, you know, the first, you know, people when they start driving and they learn, they're so, always so up, uptight and tense when they're driving because they're, they're focusing on every single movement. Their eyes are everywhere. And that's why they can't concentrate on it. But once, once you find that you um, are habituated to driving, it's almost like second nature. It's almost the point that you actually do not think that you've changed gear or you've indicated, or you've looked to the rear mirror, or whatever, it's just habituated, and that happened, sort of think of it, over over years of practice. And why should the, the spirit, the ruh, the, the nafs, uh, and, it's con- and controlling it, and forcing it to be thankful to Allah, why should it be any different? Well, you know, that's just the, the way that the world works, practice. You know, practice makes perfect, and we just think that just because this is religion it is that that rule does not hold true it does it absolutely holds true holds true to this issue as well Sheikh we were discussing earlier about 
Um, you know, if if we're not grateful for our blessings, then then they can be taken away. Um, but we we observe the the, the situation of um, you know some in the world who are uh, perhaps putting Muslims into difficult situations, those that we would see as being distant from Allah, and yet we see that you know in terms of material blessings that they. Um, they are some of the the most wealthy, some of the the, the most blessed in that sense. And obviously, we, we you know we don't question Allah's decision in doing this. But what are th- some of the the wisdoms behind that? Uh, the the wisdom is that the the wisdom can be hidden. I mean, sometimes there's no wisdom. I mean, you can have the the most pious person with the most money in, in, on on the face of the earth. You you know have the the famous companions of Prophet Al Rahman for example. Uh, who was who was actually you know completely inundated with wealth? He could not stop him get himself earning wealth, and and that's just something that you know the, that outward blessing. Um, it doesn't indicate your proximity or distance to God. Just because you know outwardly you seem that you you know a, a certain person dishevelled and you know has very kind of clothes that you would you would consider to be cheaper, for example than another person it doesn't indicate that they're closer to God because they're more pious and they're more meek and humble and because somebody has nice clothes it doesn't indicate that they're pr- proud or arrogant because the Prophet mentioned that to Abu Bakr who was afraid that he was he was being pr- um, proud and arrogant and the Prophet said that you know that, that, that the, the clothes that trail are in, in the hellfire and the, and Abu Bakr his, his clothes used to always trail and it wasn't due to arrogance it was just because of the fact he was slightly emaciated. And the Prophet said to him, look, you're not one of those people. And that's something that, you know, we've had from the early community, from the time of the companions. They didn't take wealth, the lack of wealth, to be a sign of proximity to God. There was very affluent um, companions who were close to Prophet and there was very poor companions. But the poverty and the wealth did not indicate that they had extra blessings from God. And that's indicated even in the fiqh, you know, the, the scholars of the madhabs like Imam Malik, rahmatullahi he was well-known, I mean, extremely well-known to be affluent and also extremely well-known to be to, to wear the most, you know, expensive clothes that were available at the time. Now, that means in, in Arabia at the time of uh, when he was around in the mid, um, uh, one, around the year 150, you know, roughly around that time, the kind of affluence that people had, he was wearing clothes when teaching hadith that were the most expensive clothes and that was just a, b- a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it didn't indicate that he was distant or close to God it's just the fact that he actually understood something very deep which is Prophet's hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he loves from a servant when God has blessed them that the that that those signs are shown on them in other words if God has blessed you with something God loves that the signs of that blessing are shown upon you but if God has blessed you with, you know, a, a good income and, 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 and wealth, that God likes to see the fact that you you do dress, dress well and you do take care of yourself. Now that is from, that that's from a lot of people, you know, they would say, well, no, that shouldn't be the case, but it's the Prophet and saying it. And it's a Sahih Hadith. And what we know is the companions acted upon that. But also, I mean, some of the, some of the scholars didn't act upon that. Some like, you know, Ahmed, he was well known to dress in, in the poorest of clothing so it doesn't indicate anything but what I think is important to point out is that 
your belief and your connection to God and your and your reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be the, 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 the litmus test and the barometer by which you um, you know you kind of take yourself to task and you know Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani just I think I remember an interesting story Ibn Hajar great Egyptian scholar of hadith he was he was actually the same as Imam Malik he was one day riding on a very um, you know a prized um, horse stallion and he had really a fantastic piece of clothing on, and he was walking. He was he was riding through Cairo, and there was there was a there was a person from another, I think, uh, from the from the, the Coptic tradition, I think it was, and they were looking at him, and they were they they, they, they started the person started to speak to him and said, "Look, Ibn Hajar, I know you're you're one of the greatest of the Qadis in this city. You're a great Hadith scholar of your religion, but do you not see that?" The, pro- the pro- your prophet and he's mentioning the prophet said that a dunya sijil mu'min wa jannatul kafir that this world is the is the um, is a prison of 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 the believer and uh, and and the hereafter is is of 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 the disbeliever you know but I see you look at your clothing is you're you're living in opulence you're living you you're wearing the most you're you're riding the most um, you know choice select um, stallion and look at me I'm poor I'm disheveled I'm in the mud how can you how can that make any sense and Ibn Hajar basically he actually pointed at the side of the, the where you are in the world and the amount of wealth you have doesn't indicate much what it does do is actually put pressure on you and, and the onus on you to give thanks for it but what he said to him was actually very interesting he said what I have now in the world of opulence is nothing compared to what Allah has promised me in the hereafter. And he says, what God has promised, what you have now is nothing compared to what God has promised you in the hereafter as well. And that, you know, that kind of idea that, you know, this world and people's um, wealth and provisions, even if they are people of piety or not piety, doesn't indicate God's pleasure. Like the fact that a certain civilization is in the ascendancy does not indicate God's pleasure to them. Uh, and just as a, a, a certain communities, poverty and you know, you know, a lack of means is an indication of the fact that God's forsaken them. We don't think like that. So if you look at in many of the countries in the world which are uh, on the brink of starvation, it doesn't indicate that God's forsaken them uh, in, in, in any more than the fact that Prophet and when he was without outward support and and friends in Mecca al Mukarramah didn't indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forsaken the Prophet and it was actually there to teach it was actually there to give tarbiyah it was there to strengthen the Prophet and to to make him focus and to really make him ready for his task as the Quran says indeed we will in, in the future provide for you and we will make you um, pleased well pleased and that meant the Prophet had to go through that difficulty and thank God even in the state of difficulty because when the Prophet thanked Allah in the state of difficulty and uh, what you actually realize is that that was the the, the, the launching pad and um, for the amazing um, outpouring of Allah's generosity upon him so I said him later on because only by seeing that difficulty did the Prophet actually fully appreciate uh, and, and fully and truly revel in the, the the blessing that God had then given to him. 
Exactly. She, she just uh, as we approach of Darren on on the reflection show, we often um, reflect on some of the the, the names of Allah. Uh, one name of Allah that, that particularly comes to mind and is uh, Razak as the the provider. Can you give us some some reflections on on that particular name or or any others just in the last five minutes? Uh, Razak, we kind of touched upon this um, yesterday as well. Razak is the one that provides um, razaqa, which means to kind of give something um, to sustain. And the thing that I kind of mentioned yesterday was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is a razaq in the sense that he provides everything that we need to get from this life to the hereafter. And that doesn't just mean, you know, people always think of rizq as being provisions, food, and sometimes provisions of wealth. But reality is that um, our, our friends, our, our, our family, they're all a risk for us in the sense that they're the means by which we will traverse from here to the hereafter. They're the means by which we'll do that. And God has sent us those things um, so that they can be a, the bridge by which we get to the hereafter. And the thing for us is, in the context of what we're talking about, you know, blessings today, that the, 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 the process of Allah being a razaq, which is the one that sustains is something that is the most immediate thing to us in, in terms of our our day-to-day life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now allowing us to break a fast and having relied on Allah um, at suhoor and, and the day before to keep the fast. And as we, you know, break the fast with the, the aswadain, which the two, person called the two black um, things, which are the, the water and the dates, um, you know, we, we fully appreciate what risk is, which is, you know, to, for the, the date to be chewed and to actually dissolve into our veins. And, and, and the whole nourishment that comes out to something that is so simple, um, it, it sustains us. And we, we then give thanks to Allah, even if we're unable to because of tiredness through our tongues. Our body gives thanks. And in fact, that's, that's one of the, the, the paraphrasing one of the hadith of Prophet and that the that the that the that the the veins have become nourished, and and the, and the reward has been ensured, inshallah. And that's what we should be thinking about. That the risk is is at the most simplest level is what we're going to do now, and when we break the fast and we give thanks to Allah, and therefore imagine the risk not being there. Imagine the situation, Allah that we are forsaken by Allah and there's no risk to break the fast. Therefore. You know, these are times when you, you should give heartfelt thanks to Allah for allowing you to have such um, ease in, in, in breaking the fast and keeping the fast. Even though we complain about the the, the time that we take to that we are asked to fast in, in, in these months, but to really look at the blessings that we have, despite all the difficulties that we're going that people perceive to be happening. But the reality is. Imam Ghazali says that this, it, it was not possible to have anything better than we have at the present time, at all times. You know, Laysa fil imkan abda'min He said very famously that there's no possibility of something better existing than what exists at this very moment for you uh, in your life. Even, you know, even though Muslims start complaining all the time about things, they should realize that there's nothing more perfect than this point in time. Because Allah has, has, has set up everything so that you're ready to gain the rewards of, of the challenges in front of you, and also to you know take the precautions that you require by your religious law to establish yourself as being somebody close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and this is all part of our risk. 
It's been a really a really inspiring uh, show for me, uh, especially uh, for us to reflect on the blessings that Allah SWT has given us and the things that we often take for granted. Uh, Sheikh, we're coming up for um, iftar time. We've got uh, just about a minute or so before we go to Gems of Wisdom. Um, if you could please uh, lead us in a du'a, um, us and the people of Glasgow in a du'a, so that we can really, really appreciate the blessings that Allah SWT has given us. Visit us at Arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.